Welcome into our McPherson College Coaches Show. We are back to normal this week and getting close to wrapping up the fall sports schedule. I'm Jim Joyner, and this is Steve Sell. Hello, Steve. Hello. Steve, it's nice to be back into a normal routine. We still do have a little bit of basketball on our radar, but getting back into those fall sports, it was it's good to get into a routine back to the fall sports teams. It felt like we have not done a normal coaches show in like two weeks with KCAC Basketball Media Day. We did a basketball preview as well, so good to hear from all those coaches. Yeah, and we got some teams that are really playing well right now. Uh, the football team, of course, has won five in a row. Uh, the men's soccer team has won three and zero. The women's soccer team, two in a row. Uh, all three of those teams uh, doing very well in KCAC competition. Uh, cross country, getting near the, you know, they're starting to get ready for conference play. Uh, volleyball, they've struggled a little bit recently, been hit with some injuries and things like that. So they've lost a couple in a row, but it's it's good to kind of get back to the normalcy. Well, Steve, we have a jam-packed show today. We have McPherson College football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. We have Coach Corey Cahill on the volleyball side, soccer coaches Doug Quint and Mark Olson, and then Kendra Clay, the cross-country coach, and then women's basketball coach Josh Nichols after they played this weekend. Coach Eskildson and the men's team played last night, right? Tuesday night, against Kansas Christian or Manhattan Christian. So we'll know a little bit more about them after their game on Tuesday night, and then we'll see both those basketball teams this weekend as they're hosting their McPherson Classic. Yeah, and, uh, you know, these are games that the Bulldogs, uh, I think, should probably come away with a couple wins, both teams. And uh, build a little momentum moving forward. Old Mo. Old Mo. There you go. Well, we will dive into our first interview with McPherson College football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. Joining us on our McPherson College Coaches Show is Bulldog football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. As the Bulldogs have won five consecutive games, they are five and two in the KCAC. And the first of those, the first four of those five were a little more stressful, all coming down to the wire. Three of them were fourth quarter comebacks. Did it make you feel a little bit better this past Saturday with a 49-27 win that in the fourth quarter you didn't have to lose all your hair in that fourth quarter? Well, you know, at that time, I mean, yeah, it's nice to win comfortably, but we had some guys in that normally don't get a play, so it was no different in terms of the expectation of execution. You know, like our biggest thing is we don't really, um, you know, like we've said all along, we don't really, you know, we value winning is important, but more importantly, we value the process of winning and getting better. So it's like, well, yeah, when you get to see a couple of those backup quarterbacks get a play, are they running the offense like they're supposed to? When you get to see a couple of those backup corners and D-line guys that don't play a lot, are they fitting? Are they covering? Are, you know, so it, even though the, the thought of winning and losing is out of that deal because you go into the fourth quarter with a, a minimum of a five-possession lead, um, you know, you – like the demand for execution is no different than it was when the starters are in there and it was, you know, a, a one score different, you know, a one possession difference. So yeah, it feels good because you get to put those guys in, but that your, your thought process and the way you call the game and things of that nature really don't change. It's not, you go do your job now. Offensively, it was your best game of the year. Over 500 yards of offense. If you maintain all year, you have explosive athletes and playmakers that can make plays. Uh, we got to see that in full display. Uh, Ed Crouch uh, in three quarters uh, was over 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. Your backs ran hard. You had a ton of guys catch passes, and, and the guys up front did a good job offensively. Uh, pretty sharp performance. Yeah, you know, we uh, Ed, Ed, I thought, played his most complete game in terms of, um, you know, just managing the game and, and reacting when things went bad and reacting the way that he's coached to do. I thought he really, really put a good game together. And, you know, we had a lot of contributors. I would have liked to see us been able to run the ball a little more consistently, but they were really trying to do a lot of things to take that away. So we had to throw it around a little bit more than than normal. And, and uh, you know, our, our we had the opportunities with the matchups to let the, let the kids on the perimeter kind of show what they can do. And defensively, uh, take away the first half. Second half, you're pretty solid. The first half, uh, again, you're playing without a couple injured guys. And uh, St. Mary uh, took advantage of your uh, defense for over 200 yards passing. But in the second half, I think they were on about 50. So what adjustments did you make at halftime? Oh, you know, we just had to get everybody settled down a little bit. And, um, you know, in terms of adjustments, I, you know, it's, you know, they were they were doing a couple of good things in the run game that the defensive staff had to adjust to. And then passing-wise, I mean, sometimes the guy gets beat, you know. Um, and the biggest thing about that is, you know, we, we got hit on a couple of big plays and 
that's that's going to happen. That happens in the NFL. That happened to Deion Sanders, so that'll happen to our guys. Um, what I'm proud of with our defensive secondary guys is they didn't hang their heads. They, you know, we've been telling them all along, like it doesn't matter if you get a pick, you know, get a pick or get a PI called on you or give up a touchdown, like you got to play the next play like that one didn't happen. And I felt like they really kind of bought into, okay, yeah, you hit a big one. I'm going to go play coverage on the next play, you know. So, um, you know, even though that was a team that had not been as good on paper, um, it was good that, that they came out and did some challenging things. That way we could really, you know, have to endure a couple of things. It was good to watch those kids grow through some of those early struggles because they did grow as a team through some of those early struggles. When you look back on this five-game winning streak, what are some things that you think your team is being able or is able to do better compared to the first three games when you were losing? I think knowing you, you might tell me, well, we're not doing that much different. It was just being able to find a way to win in the fourth quarter. But what are some things that you've seen that you're doing better at in the last five games that you weren't as good at in the first three? Uh, you know, I think it just – it really – just comes down to eliminating errors, eliminating missed assignments, eliminating things of that nature because the first three were close, um, you know, and it's not like we've just came out and particularly got started much faster. I mean, this week we started pretty fast on offense, um, you know, but really just the kids, you know, just eliminating mistakes because they've played hard the whole time. Um, you know, they've, they've played with the blue-collar mentality the whole time. They've kind of played with the next play attitude and – just getting, you know, just more of the things that we ask from them as a, you know, as a football family and a football culture and just eliminating some of the errors really is just, you know, playing cleaner football. One a spot on the field I know that you take a lot of pride in, the offensive line. It feels like that group has really come together very well over this five-game stretch, and you were moving some pieces around in the first few games trying to find that equation, and it feels like over this last couple of games you found your right equation on that offensive line, and you're able to not only throw the football well but run the football well as well. Well, you know, part of that too is like, um, we, you know, we have a lot of young guys. Um, you know, Darius Gugis is our only senior that's been playing because Orlando Guzman got hurt. So there's times where, you know, not not in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter or the second quarter where it's freshman center, freshman right guard, freshman right tackle. So it does take a little bit of time for those kids. Just you can't, you know, the only way you get better sometimes is, is reps, live speed, going reps, and those kids are getting better and better and better as they see more time. Now this week, of course, uh, you play the best team in the conference, the number two team in the nation, Kansas Wesleyan. Uh, obviously a big challenge, a tremendous offensive team. Uh, they showed some cracks on defense last week, giving up 47 points. How do you approach a team like Kansas Wesleyan compared last week you had the last place team this week you have the first place team oh you don't really approach it any different um you know it's like we told the kids this should be your best week of preparation but it's not because of your opponent it's because this is week 12 like you should be getting better at you know understanding everything we're trying to do as we do you should be developing and growing as a player so if you try to start putting it's you know i feel like putting preparation for an opponent is the same you know as i do about putting uh putting a whole lot of value in whether you win or lose if you start doing that then then you disrupt the whole thing if you just say hey look i mean here is what they're good at here is where we're going to try to take advantage of um you know here are their good players you go about it just like you do every week so the kids know that kansas westland's good um you know they know that they're a really good team but from us as a teaching as a coaching standpoint it's just hey man go out and get better on tuesday it's not well we're going to go, you know, straight into Salina and play the bet one of the top two, three teams in the country. It's get get better on Tuesday. Tremendous skill players for the Coyotes, though. They can beat you with the run. Pruitt, 44 carries last week. Hopefully he's a little sore this week and <laughs> maybe they won't give it to him as much. But Johnny Foto at quarterback, he's got an array of just tremendous receivers. Uh, a big challenge for your defense, and that's one that has to excite them because they're going to play the best offense in the country. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, like I said, I, you know, I, our kids, our kids uh, you know, I think they respect their opponent. I don't think they fear them. I think they, they know that they're getting ready to play a very, very good, very complete football team. Um, and, and they're looking forward to the opportunity. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it's not a, 
you know, there's not an unrealistic like, oh, well, we're going to go do this and this. And it's also not, oh, God, what are we going to do? It's just it's a really good football team. we got to prepare well and, and go in there and do our jobs. So, um, you know, we've been fortunate enough to watch their offense, you know, with the way the exchange tapes fell. And, you know, I'll say this about Kansas Wesleyan. They are a very well-coached football team that does not make many errors. That's, you know, they kind of stay the course and, and – by not making errors, they don't give you the ball. They don't, you know, you, you got to go make a play on them because they don't they don't commit many errors, and it's it's very easy to see that. I asked you a lot in the preseason, what are your thoughts on the KCAC, some of the teams, and you would keep telling me, well, I don't know. I haven't seen any of them play in person, but going into this year, you had seen Kansas Wesleyan play. I think that was the one game that you were here for alumni weekend and happened to see them play. And so you've seen this team, and the funny thing about that game – and sort of has me excited about it is that last year's team went blow for blow with them they were going up and down the field and I think you hope to not give up 76 points <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of excitement with this group because last year they said hey we can score on these guys and I think that has to help with a little bit of the mentality too yeah I mean that's like I said I mean it's uh they they do respect this bunch we're getting ready to play they don't fear them and, and they're excited about another opportunity you know but the the you know it's like I've been telling you told you guys right after the Langston game you know the the best thing about coming to work here is we really don't coach effort they don't have to they get excited to play football they get excited to practice football you know we were in the snow flurry last night and it was the pretty radical temperature drop and those kids ran around and did good and um, they just get excited to be together and play football so you know that when you don't have to coach the effort and things of that nature you know, you get a group that gets excited and wants to go learn and wants to be hungry and compete. It's it's a lot of fun. So, you know, regardless of the opponent, um, you know, they have that about them, and it's you know that's been one consistent. So I think that they are they are uh, they're they're excited about this challenge. They really are. You know, they really really are excited. Well, I think Steve and I are excited too. Should be a fun day up in Salina, and who doesn't get up when you're playing the number two team in the country? Should be a fun day. That's right. All right, Coach Fiscus, best of luck. All right, gentlemen, appreciate you. Thank you. Continuing on our McPherson College Coaches Show, now joined by McPherson College Volleyball Coach Corey Cahill after the Bulldogs lost two last week, losing 3-1 against Bethany and against Sterling. They're now 12-10 overall and 4-4 in the KCAC. A tough week last week for you guys with two close losses, and of course, going up to Bethany, you lose your second of the year to them. But how do you respond, and what have you guys been talking about this week in terms of trying to finish strong? The biggest thing is just kind of battling through adversity I mean we're getting a ton of it a lot of injuries um, we've had several players go down over the past week um, you know some other things that have happened within our program and it's just there's a lot of adversity that we're facing and the biggest thing is just trying to find a way to battle through that um, you know I keep telling them that great things never come easy um, we still have a lot of season left we still got a lot of fight in us and so we just got to keep trucking through and getting better every single day and, and trying to work hard to be the best team we can at the end and you have a really tough one with St. Mary they've kind of come out of nowhere uh, to sit atop the conference. I think they're still uh, on top, and they are kind of this year's uh, Bulldogs from last year. I don't think people saw a perfect season uh, in the conference out of St. Mary so far. What does St. Mary do that's made them so good this year? Have they added some players from last year? Or? Got a two mile horn. I've been saying from the get-go, St. Mary's up there. Yeah, yeah, saying. you have been. Um, I, I, knew, I knew what they had, and I knew what they were able to do, and it was a matter of if they could put it together, and they've definitely put it together. I mean, they – they have a, a phenomenal squad. They have a very complete team. They have a great outside hitter. They have a, a couple really good quality middles setter that moves the ball around. Um, libero that's pretty solid. I mean, they're they're just very complete. Um, and not only are they complete, but they're consistent. They're just getting the job done when they need to get the job done. Um, they they have some points in their team that, that are weaknesses. They have some things that can be taken advantage of, but the biggest thing is, I mean, when you play consistent volleyball and you just play on your side, I mean, good things happen. That's what's happened for them. Four and four in the conference. Uh, obviously, uh, it's a 12-game conference schedule, so you're entering the final uh, third of the conference schedule. Uh, what are you hoping to see out of your team these final four games? And I assume you're probably going to be in the postseason. Do they take the top eight or what do they do on the Top board? ten, I believe. Top ten? Or, okay. Yeah, okay. I believe it's top ten. So my biggest thing is I just want to see us continue to grow, um, continue to fight, continue to battle. I don't want to see us roll over for any team. 
Um, you know, even against Sterling, like we were down 2-0 and we and we fought back and we and we tried our best to come back and we had some changes in there, some some different looks that we threw in there that worked really well, some things that we're going to continue. Um, you know, Morgan Abbott has stepped up huge. She had an incredible game on Saturday. I think that we're going to continue to look to her to see what she can do. Um, you know, Riley Bradbury has stepped up considerably over the past six, seven games um, where she's kind of broken through that barrier. You know, she had kind of a rough start and has kind of tried to find herself this season, and she has definitely broke through the wall. And so that's been an incredible thing to see. Um, Alicia Hall is battling through injury right now, trying to keep her healthy. Um, you know, Maddie Woog went down, you know, with a blown knee on Wednesday against Bethany during that match. So so those things, I mean, we're just, we're just hoping to finish the season in a way that we can be proud. So just going through everything, fighting hard for every point, making sure that we lay it all on the court um, and just do the best that we can. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't think people realize, you know, they know in football injuries are part of the game. But uh, a volleyball, you can have a rash of injuries in volleyball too because you got to remember uh, you're doing a lot of jumping, a lot of stopping on a dime, a lot of quickness. You're on a hardwood floor. On a hardwood floor. So ankles and knees are really susceptible. Yeah, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I mean, we've had a rash of injuries that are just, you know, uncommon. I mean, in my six years at my previous school, I think in the past week I've had more things pop up than I think I ever had there. Uh, just and it's just unluckiness, you know. It's just unluckiness and just things happening at the wrong time, but it's all happening at once. Um, and so we just got to find a way to battle through it. Well, you guys had a stretch in the middle of this regular season where you won six out of seven matches, and it felt like after that slow start in the weekend, I think at Bellevue, where you dropped three or four, felt like that that was when you started to get going. What are some of the differences from that six or seven stretch to where you're at right now in terms of this team and what's working? Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest thing is some of the some of the you know the injuries have obviously definitely impacted us. The the changes in the lineup, trying to find things that'll work even with the injuries that are happening, trying to find a way to you know manage injuries, trying to make sure that we can keep people healthy to finish out their year and finish out their career. I mean, Alicia's a big one, you know, trying to find a way to keep her healthy and limit her in practice, you know, trying to keep her healthy for matches and and those types of things. And then not only that, but some of the changes that we've had to make as far as with the adjustments in injury and how we can make an adjustment to continue to be better. Well, Steve and I cover the high school volleyball program, and they had a terrific year this year, but they had a few matches where once you get to set number three, it starts to get to crunch time that sometimes things just wouldn't work. They had a tough time in some of those matches of finishing strong. What's some of your philosophy with going into sets four, five in these matches and trying to change things and, and try to finish strong how, how do you approach that with your team my biggest thing is we just got to play on our side of the net I mean we just got to go into every single match and play on our side of the net and make sure that you know we do everything from our perspective we gotta we we can't feed into what the other side's doing we can't break down because of referees we can't break down because we think things should be going a certain way um, you know it's it's all about just playing on our side playing together playing as a family and you know the biggest part of of when we make changes and making a change to hopefully make things better is supporting those that are out there, making the change, knowing that maybe, hey, maybe I wasn't playing my best, but maybe she can help pick us up um, and kind of that mentality. So the biggest thing for me is, like, when we rotate the wheel, we change the matchups, we, you know, try to change different servers against different passers, different things. Just can we get a better look versus what they're doing? Um, and then we kind of go from there. Well, as you prepare for a conference run and try and put yourself into a good position going into the conference tournament here in a couple of weeks, what are some things that your team's got to do better over these next four matches and trying to get yourself into that position to make that run? Well, serve receives a big piece. Um, you know, we have to pass the ball well. Um, you know, we, we are undersized. We're not a big team. We have some very dynamic hitters, um, but when our biggest middle is 5'10", um, that's definitely going to impact us. But we have to, if we can pass well, if we can stay in system, if we can, you know, move the ball around in an effective way while we're in system, our hitters can be very successful because they are dynamic athletes. Um, once we start passing poorly, once we our service receive starts breaking down, that's when you see 
the runs happen on us. That's when you see our offense break down. That's when you see our hitters unable to be as successful because we just don't have that big six footer that can swing from 10 feet off the net. Um, you know, Riley, you know, putting her in system, she's dang near unstoppable. I mean, she is, she is a very tough hitter to block. She's a very smart swinger. She sees the court. She has great court vision. Um, so when we're in system, she's on the net and she's in an in-system swing. She's hard to stop. And it's kind of the same concept with our middles and with our setters having the ability to set our middles when we're out of system. It's a very tough thing to do as a setter. So keeping us in system makes that much easier. Um, and also the tempo of our, of our right side, the fast tempo that we run on our right side, we can only do that when we're in system. So it all stems from a pass. It's a really big week for high school volleyball in the state this weekend where they have the state tournament going on on Friday and Saturday. Do you get much of a chance to go check out some of the the statewide players and maybe a chance at a little recruiting this week on Friday? So, I mean, I so I have seven commits right now. Um, I haven't really focused on, you know, the local Kansas scene too much. Um, I have some kids that I'm talking to, um, a couple kids from May South, a couple kids from the Wichita area. Um, that are some quality players, um, so I'll definitely be looking. Um, I'm still actively trying to fill out a, fill out the roster. I might bring in ten to twelve. We'll see. I think if you want to watch some really good high school volleyball, five A state tournament, there are some definitely. really good teams that'll be definitely. going on up in Salina For that'll sure. be going on this weekend. Well, Coach Cahill with you guys at St. Mary coming up tonight. Wednesday, it, it gets very confusing whenever people play on Tuesdays. But tonight, Wednesday, and then at York on Saturday, then coming home next week for a couple. Some things that you want to get done this week. Biggest thing is compete. Big, that, that's by far my biggest goal. My, my goal is to go out there and, and to compete and to fight and, and to not just roll over. I mean, they're going to be a quality opponent. They're going to be a quality team against uh, – St. Mary and you know that's our that's our main focus is St. Mary St. Mary St. Mary and then once our match is over with them we can focus on York 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 yep sorry for the fly that's, that's all good. <laughs> yeah we've had a fly there. all day <laughs> well coach Cahill best of luck this week thank you very much continuing on our McPherson College coaches show we're now joined by men's soccer coach Doug Quint we just talked with coach Fiscus who's won five in a row and coach Quint you guys have won three in a row and a lot of them have been coming down to the wire two of those in overtime and then a 3-0 win this past weekend against against St. Mary it's got to be a pretty positive time right now for your program you're finding ways to win late and I think that's always a great thing as you start this back half of the season yeah uh we're just excited to be able to get some consistency within our our setup our formation our players our personnel uh, we've got some guys healthy. We finally have gotten uh, our center back paired defenders to be able to play three consecutive games in a row now, and that's been very helpful. Just that lack of continuity throughout the the preseason and throughout the beginning of the conference really hurt us. We had to change guys all the time due to injury, doing due to something. Um, and yes, we're playing without Dan Connell, uh, but primarily everybody else is healthy and back, which is fantastic. Well, that was one thing I was going to ask you going into this week and looking at the beginning of the season. You mentioned there were just so many injuries in some of those early games in the season when you weren't finding ways to win down the stretch. It feels like when you have everybody back and healthy and you're back into a regular routine and you have your normal guys back there, that has really helped in those overtime games and finding ways to score late. I would have to think that's a huge plus for that. It is, and that's the, uh, that's the biggest problem we have right now. We just can't find ways to finish uh, and to score goals. We're creating shots. We're creating opportunities. We're just not finding the back of the net. And it's hard, a little hard for me in the adjustment because uh, I've had Chris Kelly, one of our all-time leading scorers and assisters here for the last four years. Four years prior to that, we had Nick Torres here who broke uh, massive offensive records. And we just don't have that type of player uh, on this team. It's more of a, a complete team approach we don't have that one guy that can just break you down and score you look at the kcac standings and about the top six uh, are really jammed into their gather now that they've gone to 13 teams how's the playoff format work this year it used to be i think they took six mm -hmm. but uh, have they expanded to eight or is it still six uh we take eight okay uh, so the one seed uh, all the quarterfinals the one plays eight two plays seven right and so the forth at the home mm -hmm. site uh then the semifinals and finals uh, for this year, next year will be played down at Strikers uh, in Wichita. Um, so we move that to a neutral site, and the stadium pitch and the environment will be fantastic for that. 
And as you take a look ahead at what's coming up throughout this back half of the conference stretch with three more matches left, you have a great chance with two teams that are below you in the standings and then Oklahoma Wesleyan to wrap up the year. You've got a great chance to move into that three or two spot, I would think, at this point. Yeah, um, the, certainly uh, certainly today's game uh, against York is pretty big. They're right, right smack dab in the middle of the mix with us, and they've got a good side, and they've had – they played Oklahoma Wesleyan very, very well away and had some unlucky uh, scenarios. And Oklahoma Wesleyan's good, and they finished them. And I think uh, York won, York lost 2-0. So they're going to be a tough opponent. But uh, certainly we need to play well today, get the result, and then we'll move forward to uh, Avila, I believe, is next on the road. Well, we're kind of talking in the past again here because <laughs> – York, they were going to play on Wednesday, but due to the very cold and windy days, they've decided to go down to Wichita on Tuesday, so yesterday, but today here in our world, and they're going to play York tonight indoors. Do you like that idea? Do you like being able to play indoors, or would you rather be outside on the icy turf and be playing that way? I don't mind uh, either way. Um, I think our, some of our Europeans don't mind the cold they were actually uh yesterday in practice felt like home to them mm -hmm. um so they were fine but with some of the other scheduling um games that we've got going on with the high school playing tonight and the playoffs eliminates us from being able to move the game into today which we needed to do uh just because of the forecasted weather on wednesday who are some of the guys with your group right now that you think have stepped up and have been able to help you throughout this three game winning streak and you guys have won five of seven too yeah, having Carson Abbott's back uh, and healthy, um, I think that was his fifth, sixth game. Uh, that's been tremendous, finally getting him eligible and getting him healthy in the back. Um, and Lucas Williams, freshman from England, has been doing fantastic and really locked down our left back position. But then uh, our central midfield, we have got five guys in the center of midfield between Guido Battistini, Jorge Ramos, Carlos Reyna, Sean Thompson, and Justice Kohler. Those five guys are tremendous. And provide us with a lot of possession, work ethic, very technical. And no matter which five are on the field, our level doesn't drop off. And so us being able to sub those guys through and keep them healthy and limit their minutes and try to take uh, 180 minutes in, two, two in a week and condense that down to 90 to 100 because of our substitution uh, routine has been very, very helpful. Getting back to the conference for just a second, what team has been kind of the surprise team, would you say, this year? A team that maybe you didn't expect, you know, to be over 500 at this point in the season, but they've actually moved into that top six or seven? Southwestern. Um, Southwestern is – they're extremely tough uh, to beat. Uh, they're tough to create shots, tough to create uh, chances on. They defend very well. They work really hard. And if you don't take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you, they're going to bite you, as we learned when we went down there, certainly. Wrapping up, a good job. Yeah, wrapping up this season, York today, which is yesterday and very confusing, let's just say Tuesday, and then you guys will be on the road at Avila on Saturday and then at Oklahoma Wesleyan. You kind of lose your last game at home for the year, but hopefully you get a couple more chances to be at home in the postseason. Yeah, we take care of business in these next couple games, and we'll secure a home, home seed in the quarterfinal. Well, Coach Quint, best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. We continue on our McPherson College Coaches shows. We're now joined by Mark Olson, the women's soccer coach here, on a very busy, busy day on a Tuesday morning when normally it wouldn't be that busy, but you guys are scrambling to try and get ready to play, I think, a 1 o'clock game this afternoon yes. down in Wichita. So we'll try and keep you as short as possible, but I think this would be the most fun that you could have talking with us. You guys yeah. have won two straight games, and it feels like all these girls walking around that there's a little pep in their step today. Definitely there. Very excited. Um, won our last two games, getting some goals from from different people. You know, a lot of times you can expect who's going to score or at least who has the best opportunities to score. And it's really coming from – it can come from anyone. And the players, you can definitely see that positivity, that, that uh, being comfortable or being uh, confident at practice. And, you know, we look forward to today's game. The last time we talked with you, I think you were in – 11th or 12th place in the KCAC, but uh, given how bunched up things are, uh, now you're, you have the unusual record of in the conference of 3-3-3, three, three, and three, right. and that's put you up to like 6th place. So obviously uh, uh, winning these in, in these last four matches, getting a couple more wins uh, would put you in a good spot for the postseason. Definitely, definitely. We're excited about that. You know, we were picked 12th at the beginning of the year. 
I think based off of last year's results. And we've come in and really showed everyone that we can play. And one thing about your team, you're always in every game. Your defense keeps you in every game. It doesn't matter if you're playing the best team in the conference right. or the last place team in the conference. You're in. It seems like every game is a very low-scoring game, a one-goal game. Uh, obviously, you, you have to be pleased with your defense. And who are some of the players on defense that have really stepped up? Uh, Bianca, who's a transfer from American River College in California. She came in and is playing center back for us. She's done a phenomenal job. Then we have uh, Emily out of Las Vegas. She's a freshman this year. She, you know, coming in, we didn't know what to expect, but she has probably been our most consistent player back there. And then we have our two uh, returning players, Madison and McKaylee, who last year were playing in the middle, which was out of position for them. And they feel much more comfortable on the outside. So, no, defensively, you know, that's why uh, we believe we can win every game. And, and you got a pretty good goalie. <laughs> De Christy's definitely done a phenomenal job. She's junior this year, and she's won, well, two, sh two saves shy of, of uh, the all-time saves record. Well, as I look at the stats from this year and last year, and the thing that stood out a ton last year is just that you didn't score that many goals and gave up a lot. This year, you have almost doubled your goals from last year. You have almost cut in half the goals from last year. And when it comes down to just simple math, those two things really help in terms of winning. What are some of the things that your team is just doing different from last year? I know it's a different group, and you've got players that have gotten better, and some of them are in better positions for them. But what are some things that you have seen that have just improved? Is it a mentality thing? One of the biggest things is we've also doubled the amount of people that are, that are able to play each game. Last year, we were down to 12, 13 players per game. And we'd be in the games in the first half and then just get wore out in the second half. Um, so the fact that we haven't had any major injuries, um, no one's been missing the last three or four games, really uh, that depth going into the games has, has really helped the players. And, and they know that when they're on the field, they can give everything they have. And that person coming in for them will also do that. Obviously, you know, your team got off to like, I think it was an 05-2 or 06-2 mm -hmm. start. What did you tell the team to keep them positive at that point? Because when you're, you know, winless in your first eight with a couple ties, uh, kids can get down. What did you tell them that's uh, fueled this turnaround? You know, they, going into the season, um, I believe a lot of the same things that Doug does as far as his non-conference schedule. I try and make it difficult. I try and schedule people that would finish at the top of our conference during the non-conference schedule. Um, and the biggest thing is just convincing the players or, or making sure they understand the process with that. You know, it's a long season, uh, preseason, it counts, but the KCAC, we're not getting at-large bids to the tournament. So what's really important is developing that that togetherness during the offseason, making sure they understand that these are the toughest games that they're going to play all year. So then when we go into conference game, we have confidence and can win those games. Well, when I was walking into the sports center this morning, I looked at and saw the frozen tundra that was the McPherson Stadium turf, and I turned to you and said, I bet you're glad you're not playing soccer tomorrow. And you said, well, we're not. We're playing today. <laughs> and I said, well, I bet you're glad you're not playing soccer out there today because it's very cold. And we kind of <laughs> talked about it with Coach Quint that it's in the past, but Tuesday afternoon at 1 o'clock you were playing York, York having to add an extra hour to their trip to go a little right. further south and playing indoors today. Do you like Indoor soccer, not necessarily the one with the walls and, and all of that, the smaller field, but do you like the idea and the element of playing indoors? I like the idea of it. I've never experienced it before. Okay. This is a first for me. This is a first for all these players. Uh, what I really like about it, though, is that facility in Wichita. It's a 120 by 80 uh, field, so it's a huge field. And our next game's against Avila. And their field is the largest in the conference as well. well so it's just a big it actually, slab of turf. It's exactly. on yeah, it's on concrete. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It it definitely is is one of the biggest fields around. And today will help us prepare for Saturday's game and just giving these players an idea of how big, how much space they're going to have. Uh, 
and I think we're going to do very well with that space. Do you have an idea of if they're going to turn the heat on in the strikers <laughs> complex? Because if they don't turn the heat on, then it's going to feel like you're pretty much just outside. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to expect up there. Um, just bring some space heaters and, and point right. them in the direction of the field. Hey, as long as that wind is down, we're good. Well, I hope it's down indoors. <laughs> well, Coach Olson, best of luck today, yesterday, Tuesday at 1 o'clock against York. Great. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Mark. We continue on our coaches' show now with McPherson College cross-country coach Kendrick Clay. It has been a while since we've talked, and you haven't run that many times since, which is the nice thing. I know that since we've talked, you ran at the Fort Hayes State Tiger Open. You also ran in the Mid-States last Saturday, I think, down in Winfield. Tell me a little bit about your last two meets and how well your team has run. Well, um, we, we tell the kids that you know training and progress isn't always linear I mean you can't necessarily expect every week that to run faster that's great when it happens and it has happened on uh, multiple occasions with some of our runners uh, Ariana Archuleta the last three meets has steadily run faster um, and, and, a, and a few of our other runners have are mostly our younger runners but it's always a good indication when your older more veteran runners are still showing progress each and every week well, you talked about it a lot in the preseason and then the early parts of the season, pack running, trying to be in your position when you get ready for the KCAC championships to all be able to score as many points as you can for a meet. You said your progress was a little slow at the beginning of the year. How has that progress gone over the last month? Well, on the women's side, uh, our front three runners uh, all ran PRs this last week, and they're further up into the field, obviously, having done that. And that gap is similar to what it's been, but they're further up in the field. So that's a good thing. It helps your, your uh, overall score. Unfortunately, that 1-5 gap has remained largely unchanged. We've been unable to really change where our five runner is finishing, um, even though our front three and occasionally four runners are running steadily faster. That fifth runner is, is keeping that gap where it has been. On the men's side, we're able to get under two minutes for that 1-5 gap at Fort Hayes. Um, we're at full strength. We added time to that at mid-states because we held one runner out. Our one runner, um, our number two runner, excuse me, Kevin Beckman, did not run just a as a precaution. Um, just wasn't feeling great, and he sh he's returning to full strength. So we're getting better in, in some some aspects, but we're not fully there yet. Uh, in the future, you got the KCAC meet coming up down the road. Uh, how do you think your team uh, stacks up against the rest of the KCAC at this point? We've run against a lot of those teams uh, throughout the course of the year, and, you know, it, it's been consistent. I mean, you see that we're finishing ahead of the, you know, for full strength, we're finishing ahead of the Bethany's. Um, we're, we're finishing ahead of, you know, Bethel's and, and Sterling's and some of those, but we're not. Um, making up a ton of ground on the Kansas Wesleyans or the Ottawas or some of those other programs. And, of course, Friends. Sa and of course St. Mary's kind of in the class. And, 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 yeah, St. Mary's, um, you know, it's odd. We saw Oklahoma City, the top-ranked team in the NAI, and they have five runners total. So if they have one runner, go down. They don't score as a team. Um, but And St. Mary's has tremendous depth. I mean, most people know – one of their runners, Luke Skinner, who was a national champion at the National Outdoor Track and Field Meet, ran as their sixth runner wow. this last weekend. So okay. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're as good as, as anybody, especially, you know, number four runner through, say, eight. Um, they're as good as anybody. I'm just curious, you know, a school like St. Mary, I mean, it's not a school that, you know, you'd think would be able to recruit – uh, as well as some of the other schools. What is it about St. Mary that they can get such great runners there? Kids want to be a part of success. Okay. And once you get that ball rolling, kids want to be a part of it. They had to stop. As I was told, they, they basically had to stop recruiting men at some point last year. I mean, no fault to them. I mean, there was probably a lot of blood, sweat, and tears the last five, six years that have gone into to building that. Um, you have to be willing to invest time. You have to be willing to be on the road. You have to be, to be a good salesperson um, and, and sell that, that opportunity. And those are, those are elements in culture as well. I mean, those kids, um, they operate. Um, when the coach is not around, those kids are putting in summer miles. Mm -hmm. and, and they're developing. Those, those kids weren't all high school superstars. They just came in, and they have worked, and they've developed into those type of runners. 
those are things that we're trying to instill here. Um, not giving a yard, and, and there are elements of that that are starting to take place here, but we do live in a society of immediacy where we want to see results yesterday. Sure. And, and you have to continue to explain to your constituents um, that may not fully understand what it takes to train and develop as well as that, that this this is going to take time. You know, what happened at St. Mary's, although they had pretty instant success once they started their program, whenever it was, 2014, that is not the norm. Sometimes it takes three, four, five years to start to gain steam. Well, when you move into the month of November, especially in Kansas cross-country, the weather changes. It gets <laughs> a lot colder here, and you look outside today, and if you guys ran at 6 in the morning, I think it was probably about 25 degrees. So... How do you change your routines? What do you do differently when you get to this weather? The biggest thing is, and, and it's like what you see when you see kids walking to school this time of the year, you're like, why is that kid wearing shorts and a T-shirt? Is explaining to them that although you think you're comfortable, that y your attire needs to change, or you need to spend more time warming up. Um, you need to do those extra things as your body goes through that, those stressors of changing climate to make sure that you stay healthy. Um, so we, we don't necessarily change the structure of our workouts. Kids obviously have less, less difficulty with heat and, and the challenges that that presents in training and racing. But you have to then, you know, dress, you know, appropriate for the weather and, and do those extra things to help your immune system fight off all those viruses and everything else. You know what can be their trick? This is what I like to do when it's cold and I run. Cough drop. I don't know. I've seen Try kids. it out. I've seen kids. <laughs> You'll see. I've You'll seen, see. I've seen a lot of different things over the years. Put kids. in a cough drop. For some reason, it works. Yeah. Well, for me, usually if my feet and my head are warm, I'm, I'm okay. But, um, you know, there's, there's also being able to keep some of that chill off of your muscles and stuff and wear tights and some of those, those things. Now, I'm for some reason doubting my notes, but are the KCAC championships this weekend? No, they That's are. That's why I doubted them. They, they are. Uh, it is next week. It's always okay. two weeks roughly prior to the national meet, and ev that calendar, everything f is a little bit later. You know, that's that Friday prior to Thanksgiving. Well, everything and, was a week late this year. Yeah, so, so it, is, it is the ninth. There was actually a discussion amongst the KCAC coaches for a good amount of August when the meet was because I think our host had it down for this weekend. And, Maybe um, that's where I got and it And I from. think they even had that confirmed from the commissioner's office for a while, and then they looked at it and were like, wait a second, our national meet is not for almost three weeks after that, so it, it's basically bumped back week. And that affected the mid-states meet and, and everybody else's calendar as well. Now, when it comes to the national meet, is there a good opportunity to qualify as a team? Is it more opportunities for individuals to qualify? How do you look at, at getting ready for that here in a couple weeks? Well, you know, of course, I'm just, this is my first cross-country season in a few years. They've, they've kind of changed the format a little bit in regards to, you know, automatic qualifiers based on the size of your conference. In theory, we should get two teams to the to the national meet. However, the Cross Country Coaches Association must have passed the legislation within the last couple of years that teams that to get that second bid, a team has to be ranked in the top 30. Friends has been fighting uh, to to get into that top, you know, 30. They're 26th, I think, officially in the last. The new poll will come out here in a day or two. Um, that would mean then that a say a St. Mary's or that second team because they're not they're further down that list would not get in as a second place team. So then, then it's the if we have a full twelve teams, then it's supposed to be six individuals not on the, the automatic the, the winning team, yeah. and that those individuals have to finish in the top twenty. Really, right now Ariana is is probably our best candidate for an individual. Uh, qualification and there's you know a few runners from Avila, um, Kansas Wesleyan, and and on down the on down the line St. Mary's of course and so she's really working and she's improved. I mean she ran a 24 second personal best this last weekend at at Mid States. She's gonna probably have to continue that progression and get somewhere in the low 19s and ensure herself probably getting in the top 12 to be one of those individuals. Um, on the men's side. Right now, St. Mary's is obviously, you know, unless something, I mean, if Luke Skinner's running as their sixth runner, they <laughs> should win. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they just have that much depth. Um, and then, you know, Ottawa, Friends, those are those second and third. Chances are 
they're going to have individuals in there. And we have some guys, Jaden Fleming, um, maybe a Cole Hinton, um, possibly Kevin Beckman, that can get into that top 15 and maybe get one of those coveted spots. Well, Coach Clay, stay warm this week. Cough drop. I'm telling you. All right. You'll find it's out. Take it. All right. I'm I, a big I, fan I, of halls. I'm, I'm always willing to try something once. <laughs> See, so. You'll be ready. Thanks. Thank you. Ramping up our McPherson College Coaches Show, we'll finish things off with women's basketball coach Josh Nichols after a one-and-one weekend down in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, an 86-43 win over Kansas Christian last Friday night, and then a 78-69 win or loss against Bellevue on Saturday. What were your takeaways from opening weekend of this basketball season? Well, in a game like Friday, you just there's not a whole lot to take away from. Uh, I thought we executed some things well, and then other things. You know, once the game gets so lopsided, it's hard for them to maintain focus. And then when you're playing so many different girls yeah, too, or rolling them out there left and right, making substitutions, and so, and we actually uh, did a lot of things that we only have done in practice before. We never put them in a game time situation, so. You know, we, I knew it was going to be a little sloppy, a little little funky on, on Friday. We got out of there with the win, tried not to show too much for Saturday, and then, um, you know, felt really good about Saturday's game. Uh, obviously, we ran out of gas towards the end. You know, we played a lot of players. We just didn't play major minutes. Um, you know, we had an eight-point lead going into half, and Bellevue came out really, really punched us in the mouth early in the third, and, and we just never really fully recovered. And um, But... I told them after the game, I'm, I'm more happy right now with this a loss than I was with the win yesterday because I know I know what we're about now and where, what direction we're headed. So. What well, felt like going into the season, you mentioned the Bellevue game to me a couple times that said that is going to be a tough game. They're going to be one of the better teams in the G-Pack. And so when you guys played them as closely as you yeah. did, you played them to within nine, I, it felt like that was a good – yeah. Good. I don't want to say moral victory, but a good moral victory yeah, for this yeah. team. You, you, you got your compass. You know where you're going. Know where you're headed. Know what your team's about. Once we're once we're fully healthy, you know that game could be a different story. You know if we had all of our all of our bullets in our gun. So, well, Bellevue uh, as a team that was receiving votes in the national poll. Uh, what was it about them that made them so good? Uh, did they have more size? Did they have more quickness? Three point shooters. What was it about them? Um, Size and, and shooters. I thought athleticism. We held up pretty well, but they were uh, big across the board, and uh, you know they shoot the ball so well. And their experience. I mean, they only had one player really play in this game that wasn't on the team last year, and so uh, they've been running that system for a long time and, and have familiar with each other. And we're still trying to get to know each other a little bit. So it was. Uh, that's what made it so difficult. And uh, so I felt like we, we gave them a good a good battle and you know we fell short and I told the team again I'm not happy about a loss but I'm, I'm pleased I know which direction we're going well Brittany Roberts was named as an all KCAC preseason selection and uh, she didn't do anything the first two games uh, to uh, go against that because she came yeah. out very strong yeah. in both games yeah very much improved over the summer uh, I think she took that Honorable mention last year as kind of a slight to her and, and, and really improved and used that as fuel to uh, what she wanted to become as a player. And as much improved, you know, there's still a lot of things we can improve on, but uh, I'm happy the direction she's going. I was looking at the box score and I look at the field goal department, 48% for the weekend in two games. It's a pretty good number. Yeah. I know one number that you hope to get a little bit better and that's the 48% on the free throws. And yeah. that was a spot last year where it just felt like you couldn't get anything to roll yeah. into the hoop. It looks like you're taking shots that you want to take from the floor, but when you get to the line, I know you guys yeah. want to convert a little more. You know, I, I thought the the number is affected a lot from the first game. We didn't right. shoot well in the first game at all. And, 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 again, that's a lack of focus because what the score is. And, and I try to get them to understand, don't, don't worry what the score is. You know, do what we do. And uh, so I think that number should improve. We're shooting it well in practice, so hopefully that translates to games. Of your uh, new kids, who uh, kind of – Caught your attention for the first couple games? Um, on the transfer, Brittany Jarvis uh, started for us both games and, and shot the ball pretty well. Um, she's still trying to you know, figure things out a little bit, where she fits in and, and how her game can evolve with what we do in the offensive end. And then uh, a freshman, Tatum Griffin, played really well for us uh, both nights. Um, against Bellevue, late in the game, I think it was in the third quarter, maybe in early fourth, she hit a big three for us, kind of cut that lead back down. and. 
played really good defense and kind of slowed things down for us a little bit offensively. Um, got us into some good good offense and and, good and I think she was also three of three yeah. the night before from yeah. three points. Yeah. So. so she had a good weekend. Uh, good build, good build for her. When you look at your roster right now, you have. 17 to 20 girls that could all be seeing some playing time at this point and still trying to figure out roles and get ready for conference play. What's your ideal number of the amount that you would like to rotate on a normal game where you're not up by 40 and throwing different girls in there? What's the number that you'd like? About 14? Actually, ideally about 11. Okay. Um, but, you know, just, just you know, foul trouble will dictate that, um, you know, and how well people are doing in practice. You know, I, I'm a big I'm a big believer. You got to reward those kids, and then see if that translates from the practice court to the playing court. And sometimes it does, and sometimes they get out there and get a little nerved up and, and make mistakes. And yeah, you get an early exit when that happens. Well, you've got a busy weekend coming up with two games. You have the rematch with your former school where you were coaching at at Bacon, and then Randall coming up on Saturday. So a Friday, Saturday in the McPherson Classic. I think there's three or four other games going on each day. What do you know about these two teams? I, I'm sure you know a decent amount about Bacone, but what about Randall? What do you know about these teams going forward? Uh, Bacone's going to be able to shoot the ball pretty well. They're going to have some size. Um, they're really young as well, so you know, hopefully their youth catches up with them in the game, and we wear them down eventually. And then uh, Randall's going to be – they have a really good solid post player, and then uh, a couple guards that can shoot it. Again, they're young as well, so – and we hope that youth catches up with them sometime at some point during the game and we can kind of, you know, impose our will on them. And then it's Mayor's Cup time. Mm -hmm. Have you already started sending mean text messages to <laughs> Coach Golden over at Central and saying you're going down? <laughs> no, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not that mean to each other. <laughs> well, so. I noticed uh, you were in the stands uh, for, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was their home opener. Yeah. And uh, uh, what was your impressions of them that night? Much improved team. And, and you know, yesterday at, at the little clinic that we co-hosted uh, with them, you know, I, I told them as much, you know, you guys are a lot better than you were last year, uh, a lot bigger. Um, so it, they may not shoot the ball as well as they did last year, but they, they're, they're much deeper and better team. So it's going to be a good battle. Well, Coach Nichols, best of luck. Do you have a jab to throw at Steve? Oh, yeah. You know, Jeremy told me earlier that old man winter was coming in. Mm -hmm. I looked out the window and saw you. No. <laughs> Well, as you can see by my hair, it looks like there's snow on top of my head. <laughs> it's pretty good. Very You've good. been working on that all, all right. week. All Coach right. Nichols, thanks. Okay. Wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show, Steve, a busy weekend coming up. There are several, several basketball games going on, while I think we'll have high school football going on on Friday night as well. So there will be very limited parking here at the Sports Center this weekend. But then next week, we have Mayor's Cup basketball coming up. On Saturday, we have McPherson College on the, on the football side up in Salina. Uh, there will be a couple other home events going on. This is a busy, busy week as we are grinding down to the end. Yeah, we really are, and it's been a great fall for – uh, the McPherson College teams. Um, football team, of course, the big one up in Salina on Saturday. Number two, Kansas Wesleyan. Bulldogs with a chance to shock the world, I don't think. Too many people. Stop the presses. Yeah, I don't think too many people are probably giving them a chance. But last year they put 38 points on this Coyote team, and I think they scored more points against KW than any other team in the conference. So uh, Bulldogs are playing well, five wins in a row. Uh, Coach Fiscus has his guys going. And, uh, again, like we said, you know, soccer – uh, teams have been playing well. We got a lot of basketball this weekend at the Sports Center. Busy times for McPherson College Athletics. As a reminder, we will not be broadcasting on Friday for basketball, but I think we're leaving it up to the doctor, Brian Moses. I think he's going to be broadcasting on Friday, filling in for us. And then on Saturday, we will have the men's game against Bacon and the women's game against Randall on Saturday afternoon. So it will be a busy, busy weekend. Steve, as a reminder for our coaches show, if you want to listen to it live and on the radio, 96.7 FM, KBBE from 6 to 7. You can also listen at midkansasonline.com. Let's say you're a busy man. You're running around town. You're in and out of Walmart, in and out of Dillon's. You can't get there in time. Well, you can always go back and listen to it on podcast, soundcloud.com slash KBB Sports. Yeah, you got that. And then we will also have it posted up at MacBulldogs.com on the YouTube page at some point either on Wednesday or late Tuesday. So you want to wrap things up? Let's wrap it up. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show.